When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast he's just he's like uh he's like i'll give it the best i can i right now it's just yeah it's really hard to do so but if you can like, share, support, or do anything that you can to go ahead and help us out here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. In fact, we dropped a recent episode covering the results from WrestleMania and so much more. You can check that out today, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can go ahead and support the great guys at LakersBall.com. And also the wonderful guys at Lakerholics.com. And after tonight and the officialness of what tonight brings, they all need a hug right now. So please go ahead and support the game time chat at Lakersball.com. And also as well, the great articles and the conversations to be had at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers, with everything on the line tonight, and the magic number down to two, a Lakers loss and a Spurs win. That's all they needed to do in order for the Lakers to be eliminated from the play-in. And with everything on the line, the Lakers go out not with a bang, but with a whimper. As they took a early first quarter lead into a halftime deficit where their defense just started, well, like all season long. Just started to derail, and unfortunately, it got worse from there as the the Phoenix Suns put it into cruise control and cruised away from the Lakers as the Lakers get eliminated from the play-in and are officially out of any type of playoff scenario. 121 to 110 because the San Antonio Spurs defeated the Denver Nuggets in Denver in a very impressive 116 to 97 win. They won when they had to, and the Lakers didn't. Unfortunately, the guys today, the Lakers did not prove outside of Austin Reeves coming in with 18 points, getting a chance once again. It's just frustrating from what you get from Russell Westbrook because, again, it's another 
what could have been performance for him. And Anthony Davis, 10-18 for 21 points and 13 rebounds. But the rest of the team, outside of, again, Austin Reeves, 18, really didn't put it up when it mattered. So LeBron still out with the ankle. We needed him to show up today, and unfortunately he didn't do it. But the Lakers once again lose and are officially eliminated from the playoffs and play-in tournament, 121-110. to 110. And here today to talk about the game are two great guests indeed. First up is a guy who was already here by the end of the bell when it comes to the end of the season. He is a good man. He's Ox1947, is LakersBall.com. And before I get you on, Joe, I want to give a big shout out to Lakers248 on Facebook, who gave us a lot of love in the past couple hours, as far as posting some of the stuff that we've done over the past couple weeks. So they've posted that on their Facebook page, and they've gotten a lot of responses for that. And of course, big shout out to our YouTube audience, who have done a great job, you know, not only watching us, but supporting us. Throwing out great comments back and forth. Joe and I are answering them. I know there's a lot of more things to be said and done here over the course of the next few weeks as far as an epitaph on the Lakers season. But Joe, I'll start it off with you, my friend. Well, it ended the way it was all year. They played like the gutless team that they are. They I mean, Westbrook gave you 28 in what? a meaning, Almost a meaningless game at this point. Which is what he's been known for. He is... He is the greatest empty stat player in the history of the NBA, at least from my eyes. Uh, I've never seen a more useless 28 and 13 stat line in, 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 in any game. It doesn't really matter tonight or during this season. It's just, it is what it is. More, more Worse than that is the defense. The defense was the was pretty consistent all year in, in being dreadful. Never really having any cohesiveness. I, it just amazes me today. You know, Crowder, James, you know, Crowder is one of those irritants that if it was the nineties or the eighties would have been clothesline long, you know, well before it had gotten to this point with him. And the fact that he was getting wide open shots nonstop, the entire game was again, only fitting to, the mental capacity of playing defense that the Lakers have had all year. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't even know what I would say if I was an owner or a, or anyone in management or a coach. I, I, I just don't, I don't, how, how do you not ask these men, where are your cojones? Do you have any pride? Do you care? Well, LeBron is obviously getting a lot of heat right now. Uh, I'll talk about the heat and the apology from Kareem later on when we cover Winning Time Episode 5, but LeBron is getting a lot of heat out there for not playing any of these crucial games because of the ankle injury. Your thoughts on that? Uh, Okay. First of all, if he plays, they're going to say he's trying to win the scoring title. If he doesn't play, then he's giving up on his team. So America needs to get an idea of exactly which – one they want. You can't have both. Preferably, I'm always going to give credit to those who play because we're used to, or at least I know I am, I'm used to players trying to play every game. You you, you might be eliminated from the playoffs, but you're still LeBron James, and there are three other games where people are going to pay their hard-earned money 
to watch you play. And that might be the only time they ever see LeBron James play live. So I'm, I'm critical of LeBron James. And it's it's usually not going to be from a basketball standpoint on, on the court. And in this case, that's not fair. That's, that is not fair. And it's, it's contradictory. <laughs> if he plays, oh, he's trying to win the scoring title. If he doesn't play, oh, he gave up on his team. The reality is this team has been dreadful ever since we blew that last lead against Oklahoma City back in November. So it's been like that. We know because we've been watching the games. We watch every game. We know what's going on and what's been consistent from the, from that moment until now is that this team never plays team defense for 48 minutes. They barely play for 36 minutes. They have their offense, but then again, every team has offense. They didn't they haven't held a team under 100 since February 2nd. Do you guys have any idea how long that is? February 2nd. That that is just that that, that that's mind-boggling to me. How how they have just been in, in a defensive coached team, a, a coach who's made his his career off that particular set to be that dreadful. And I'm, it it just, and and you can't use the Anthony Davis excuse because we were still number one last year with him being injured. It's defense is, is about want. It's about pride. It's about putting in the effort. And there's some young guys here, guys. This is not, I'm not going to buy in. Oh, well, you know, Carmelo Anthony, you know, okay. Well, what happens when Carmelo's not playing? Why do they still play the same way? And there's some young guys on this team that are on that court. You have guys like THT. You have guys like Malik Monk. You have guys like Reeves who tries his, his, his butt off. It, it, there, it, there's a massive disconnect that has never really been been figured out all season. All season. And I'm curious to see what or who will kind of explain to us what happened. Because I'm not going to listen to Magic. I'm not going to listen to LeBron. I'm not going to listen to anybody that's too close to the team because they'll either say something that's really not true or they'll kind of deflect the problem. We don't know. Something happened to this team, and we don't know what happened. What Did did, did the guys from Space Jam back in 95 take their ability away out of nowhere? We didn't know. It doesn't make any sense how an NBA team with – that with talent could play this dreadful, I, unless it's just emotionally something emotionally would just kept being created over the year. Then, then it just everybody just said, eh, we quit, we're done." It's 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 nuts. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't, I want to know. I want to know what happened. And no one's asking him. No one's really asking the question. All they're doing is assuming, or you know, you'll get your. Stephen A. Smith's on ESPN who always start off with, well, I respect this guy. I do this and then goes on to, you know, insult him. Forget about that right now. Let's find out what's going on. Can we find that out? Is anybody here? Tom, can, do you have an idea what the heck's going on here? Yes, I do. All right. Well, I think it all, I think it all begins. Well, hold on. Let me, let me prep you. Let me give, because remember I plug your articles too. So hold on, hold on. Okay. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, you got to go ahead and check out his great articles today at Lakerholics.com. It's Joe Get Gets You Started. I know, I know. It is Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter. Please go ahead and check out his Twitter because he had something very interesting that was kind of eye-opening that I, I have questions with. But it is Laker Tom. He is now re-in love with Magic as an executive for the team. I don't know if I would like that, but again... It is Laker Tom, but Laker Tom, great to have you back, my friend. Please, your thoughts on what Joe elaborated on just now. Well, I think the single, everything starts on any enterprise, whether it's a business or whether it's a franchise, a sports team, everything starts at the top. It's the ownership that has a vision for for what kind of team they're going to do, what what their goals are, um, how they're going to approach marketing, how they're going to approach uh the kinds of players that they're going to look for, the kind of coaches that they're going to hire. And winning time, which we're going to talk about later, obviously you saw what impact Jerry Buss had on years and years and decades and decades of Lakers basketball. It is where the term Lakers exceptionalism really started and, and where what really exemplifies it more than anything else. And Jerry's a a flawed man, okay, in a lot of different ways, you know, aside from the whole moral aesthetic that he was in at that point in time in life, and as well as the gambling nature of, you know, buying a team that you couldn't afford, promising to make payments that you had no way of making, working underhanded with your former wife to uh, keep the team alive and prevent it from being included in a bankruptcy of other situations. So... Where I'm getting at is that, yeah, I wrote it. I, I basically have been supporting the idea that the only way that this organization is going to change is probably not by firing Rob Palenka, but the only way maybe to get Palenka out would be Magic Johnson to come back. And all of the complaints about the fact that Magic didn't work a nine to five schedule and so forth, none of that really matters because. The role he should come back in is sort of like the role that Jerry West took uh, for a while with the Lakers and then later took with the uh, with the Golden State Warriors, where he was basically a consultant, if you will, for the team. But his primary responsibility was to provide some of that vision, to provide that sort of championship thing that he did with Kobe and Shaq and and uh, Derek Fisher and that that whole set of teams and and the, the trade for Pau Gasol and the way that all that stuff all came together. The Lakers don't have anybody who can make those types of decisions, who can really say, okay, like I'm curious, you know, Magic, Magic, just like I did and just like a whole bunch of other people did, tweeted support for the move as soon as we traded for Russ because, you know, there was a, there was a bunch of potential outcomes that could have been very positive. 
there also were a lot of, you know, outcomes that, that could have been devastating. And, and we got obviously our share of those, but the idea of bringing somebody in who can make decisions, we're, we're facing some critical times as the Lakers. Not only is it the decision this summer of how we undo the Russell Westbrook experiment going to impact the next decade for the Lakers, but then you've got the whole post LeBron situation to consider. If LeBron doesn't sign an extension, the Lakers may have to trade him. And even if LeBron signs an extension two years from now, we're probably looking at, at a situation where we're looking for a, a replacement for LeBron. And one of the options that is going to become available to the Lakers is to keep Russell Westbrook. Don't waste those two draft picks on trying to get rid of him and keep him because once his expiring contract goes out, the Lakers will only have LeBron and AD on the con on the payroll. So they'd have both cap space there to go after a third superstar. Maybe not max money cap space, but enough cap space to get one or two players, maybe. Or You're three talking players. the summer of 23. I'm talking the summer of 23. So there's a reason to keep Russ that has some value. And that, of course, is the value that's attributed to having an expiring contract because other teams could could utilize that contract in the same way. But so, but the whole point is that we have, we've got some big decisions to make. Would you trust Russ? Russ would you trust the guy who traded for Russell Westbrook, Rob, Com, Rob, to make that decision? Or would you prefer that Magic Johnson made the decision? I don't care. Is there that a Magic, next, is there I don't care line? that Magic can't calculate the salary cap. I don't care that he that he may say the wrong thing here and there. What really matters is he's the guy who sold Magic Johnson. He's the guy who sold LeBron James on coming here. Whether LeBron wanted to come here or not, that was, and he was the guy who looked for bringing LeBron in as a free agent as the first move. And he was the one who set the entire Anthony Davis trade going. Has he made some dumb moves when he was a general manager? Sure, but everybody has. I mean, look at Jerry West who didn't want, you know, Matt didn't want Magic Johnson as a point guard. Get ready for more uh, tampering charges. Yeah, okay, you know, it's, so it's that... possible. It's possible, but but there's a role there, and that role there is a way of getting rid of Rob Pelinka. Paying the NBA. Pay in the NBA. That's the problem, Tom. Uh, he genius, triple G genius. Got got ahead of me on this one. Magic said some things on. I think it was first take. And I'm sitting there, and I'm not a I'm not a salary cap guru. I'm not Larry Kuhn, but I'm sitting there. But he's just entertaining, man. I, I Who love, they should hire? You, Larry Kuhn would be a look, great hire. I, I, we love Magic, even in the in the goofy yeah. things that he does. We love him. I, I love that's my guy. That's the one of he is one of two people that aren't family and friends that I cried for. When, when we found out what, you know, what, what his diagnosis back in 91. So I, I, I magic is the man and I'm, I'm never going to be on that. Right. But, but the, <laughs> just like if you have friends, you have family members, you're not going to, you know, I, I run a business. They're half my family. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them manage the pen in the, in the, in the cup. And I love them. So we, we got to understand that there's certain spots for everyone. Magic said it best in his, Whatever impromptu press conference after he had stepped down uh, a few years back, 
And he said, I, I, I have a great life. I want to be able to do what I want. He, he was talking about Ben Simmons and training with Ben Simmons. I'm like, we're like, what, what are you doing? Do you remember that <laughs> press conference, Tom, that he went out away on talking about complaining about everything that he couldn't do while he was uh, responsible? I guess uh, Tom has left right Tom, now. Tom didn't want to hear you talk about it anymore. Well, uh, okay. But there, but, there was but, that press conference where he just said he could not do what he wanted to do. There's a reason why there's a reason why Magic couldn't stay on too long. There's a reason why guys like Phil Jackson couldn't stay in New York too long. What do you do when you are an executive, a manager of a anything, okay? When you're managing something, you, you got to go to to the high school games. You got to go to the college games. You got to no, what I'm asking, it's not you're you misunderstand the role that I want him to play. I want him to play the role that Jerry West played to the Golden State Warriors. He's a consultant, he didn't work full time. He just, whenever there was an issue, management would bring let him me in. Throw this, let me throw this at you, Tom. Let me throw Let's say you hire him as a consultant, but you actually again get rid of Rob Palenka and you just make a complete change over the front office well you have to hire somebody would, I know, you have to hire somebody to do the rob palinka job well that means i understand that. well that's what i'm getting at that's what i'm getting at. so you hire in let's say you bring in a, a you know a, a broad you had ryan west general, why did not you bring him in a president one of the bus kids or Sam, let's say you bring in Sam Presti. I'm not uh, not the bus kids. The bus kids, I don't okay. think, would be be able to go ahead and be able to do the job that you need to done right to have done right. You need you need a NBA experienced GM to overhaul this right. franchise. And you, you know, let's say like I, Rob Palenka. I mean, Sam Presti's name has been thrown magic. out through the covers. But let's say I don't think they're going to get Sam Presti. But let's just let's just use him. He's going to come in. Do you think he wants to go ahead and be in an environment where the Rambuses and Magic Johnson are both whispering in the same ears that you're trying to go ahead and get across to the organization? What I'm trying to do is to replace that entire that entire royal entourage type of communication with one person who she'll trust to make the decisions, which means that Magic would end up making the decisions. I don't care how you structure it. It's a crazy family situation. It's a crazy court that they have of people involving Linda and and Kurt Rambis being part of the decision-making and Magic Johnson being part of the decision-making. I'm saying that take advantage of Magic's lighting the bonfire underneath Rob Palenka right now. And there's the one way we can change the Lakers front office because I mean, this is the question I'd really ask both of you. Would you rather have Rob Palinka making these big decisions or okay, would you rather have decisions? And think about it. Magic is going to – the big decisions, if that was the only thing and Magic didn't have to waste a whole lot of time doing things, his gut instincts are going to be so much better and so much more on the mark than I think Rob Palinka's are going to be. I'm going to tell you this. If this was a test, I would be looking for the third checkbox, which would be neither of the above. And I would be going and checking on that because the Lakers need a whole change, need to disassociate themselves from this brain trust, quote unquote, that they have now. What if that is the only two realistic options that you have, though? there's Okay, the guy who left Utah, the GM who just left Utah because of the Danny Ainge thing, he is a coveted individual as far as is concerned. 
There, I mean, Sam Presti. If you really does want, he to have a relationship. Up, that, does he have a relationship with Jeannie Buss? That's again. These are people that are. In I, the I know movie. you don't like that, but that's the reality. Every article you read, every expert you talk to, says it's always got to be associated with the hire. Life. They're not going to do a wide search and hire somebody who doesn't have a personal relationship with somebody who's in their inner circle. Then we're going to continue to be in the mess that we're in. The Lakers need to make a decision. But that's the whole point. I'm saying it. There is an option that is better than Rob Palenka. You're, it's not the greatest. It's not Masai Ujiri. I mean, I'd love to get somebody like him. Oh, my gosh. He would be incredible. Absolutely. Terrific. He's too me, temperamental. I don't think right he'd work now. in L.A. No, he would, he would work. But the thing is, he's got a fat extension yeah. from Toronto. He's, he's, he's too like, temperamental for, for that started. job. You, right. I don't, but I don't, the, problem, I, the problem is, is that this is a unique situation. You've got to have some sort of Laker blood in you somewhere, or they ain't going to hire you. You got to know somebody. Tom, Tom is right, by the way, because I remember 20 years ago, I called the Laker office and, and asked, what's, what's the likelihood of me getting a job? And they're all, well, we like to hire from within. That was 20 wow. years ago. Frank Vogel so wasn't within. And look at him. He actually led them to a, you know, that's because, be out in a couple that, days. But, that's because you know. Lou, Lou refused, Monty refused, and they kind of – and in the end, I thought Vogel was the best out of the three, and it proved in 2020. But right now, again, I, I don't think Vogel forgot how to coach in one year. You know, I thought he did pretty darn well in his three years before this year. Dennis um, Lindsay, by the way, is the yeah, – He just GM got a roster that exposed all of his flaws as a coach. Yeah, it, it, it all, it like all the worst possible roster you could give him, and and he fell for every one of the every one of the landmines that was in that roster. He went for it, you know, from supporting supporting DJ to supporting Bradley to you know just go on down the line, man. The last couple of years, the guys he's wasted in starting positions in the lineups and the lack of shooting and just total lack of shooting that it, or spacing that he will allow. With his substitutions, it's just irrational. It's not a coincidence that there are probably dozens of people who believe he's actually sabotaging the Lakers intentionally at this point in time. I mean, he finally got a chance. We finally got a chance to go for the play-in tournament and really make a play, and we'd have LeBron and AD back together. And what's he do? He pairs him with Dwight and Avery. <laughs> it's no shooting on the entire lineup. You got five guys, none of them shoot over 30% from three. Oh, excuse for except for LeBron, who shoots 35%. Nobody else in that starting lineup even shot over 30%. I mean, you can't you can't win playing that kind of basketball. And, and the guys they were bringing in for the most part were yeah. 29, 30, 31%. Right. And that's just not gonna get it done. No. Although every every game there's some 29 or 30 or 31 percent three point shooter who uh like like Joe says, fills it up, fills it up against the Lakers. What was, he, what was it, your theory? One out of every five games? Yeah, they. Yeah, that's the um, thing. This year was the... Yeah, you know, I still think it comes down. You put yourself on mute, Tom, when you moved up, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead, you were saying. Joe, you, you were so agitated. Right, right, I'm going to I'm I'm try to get past this. Uh, I'll bring this, you back later, Tom. I'm going to get past this. This season's out of my mind at this point. I'm only talking because I'm being asked questions. What's going to be an important, absolute important step this summer 
is uh, there's really two of them, but uh, first and foremost, you're going to have to figure out a way to move Westbrook and bring in talent that's going to work with LeBron and AD. If you don't do that, you can get Presti, the jury, Jerry West in his prime. You can get all those guys. It's not going to make a difference. We have to. I'm sorry, Russell. You are good at doing triple doubles on losing teams. Go do that. Go off. Go right off into the sunset and enjoy your what's left of your career. That needs to be the first thing that they figure out. If they don't figure that out and Russell Westbrook is back next year, they might not have as worse a season like this, but they are not winning a championship next year. And at this point, with LeBron signing an extension, not signing an extension, it, it becomes a use a worthless situation for everyone. LeBron's legacy is intact. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the greatest player of his generation. His era, I should say. However, he's still not above Jordan. He has something to play for besides the fact that he's going to pass Kareem. So if he's not contending for a title, not getting to the second round, then this becomes a worthless proposition worthless execution, whatever you want to call it. They need to figure out who they're bringing in, and it's very likely if they don't want to give up any draft picks, they're going to have to get guys that have long-term contracts that teams need to get rid of so that they can get the expiring contract of Westbrook. Who that is, are, are, we'll go back to Indiana. I know Tom loves Miles Turner. Brogdon, Miles Turner. If, if Pritchard wants to get rid of those contracts, there might be a little chance there in getting that situation done without relinquishing a first. No, That's I think that I, I think it's completely different. I think that if you could get Miles Turner and Brogdon, you give him two unprotected firsts. That's the price for it. You don't even include – I mean, it's, it's just such a simple deal. If they were not injury-prone, I would, I would consider Well, but that. the only reason you can get them is because they are injury-prone. You know, I mean – But then if, I wouldn't give up injury prone, not, Well, it's not, not necessarily because they have million. longer contracts and maybe they'd want to get rid of that. They'd like to – Indiana no, would like they, to scrape that off. They do, in a sense. And, and Heald, for example, has three years on his contract, too. Brogdon has just starting his next year starts this extension, which is a couple of years for 47 million. So right. they could save money, but that's, you're absolutely right, Joe, that that's the kind of deal that they have to make with Russ. See, that's the kind of, the kind of deal you don't want to do is you don't want to say, okay, we'll take John Wall and we'll give you Russ in a first that doesn't accomplish anything. No. So, but basically if you take your two first and you link Russ with them to get $47 million in rotation players, NBA quality rotation players. Guys who let, start let, let me, let, me, let, me, let me break this let me break this down real quick. Brogdon's contract ends in 2025. He's getting paid 21.7 and then it increases until 22.5. Miles Turner has one more one more year on his contract. So I, that, that's an expiring contract for next year. Then Buddy Heald, 
goes until 2024. So what's going to happen? They might, the guy they might add on to that is McConnell because McConnell's got two years left at $8 million and we that balances out the salaries, and he's a good backup point guard who plays excellent defense. So we're looking Gerald's, at – Gerald's had him on trade several let's, times. Let's, let's look at that for a second. So Very good. Between, I just wish he shot the ball better from three. Yeah. Just wish he did. But he'll, like you said – he does everything backup. else well. He, he can distribute yeah. and, and – Steals. I mean, he's you the know, best if you look at the steals. Suns, the thing that impresses me about the Suns, and is it James Johnson who's the GM of the Suns? James Jones. James Jones. That's a team that's really built position by position. Remember the guy who James Jones? I mean, a lot of people thought when you he look was at the like job LeBron's that Lincoln did position by position, and yeah, we eat up all of the money with LeBron, AD, and then Russ. But when you look at the job that he's done from he's got a center, he needed a three and D wing guy, he got him. They drafted Mikel Bridges, who could be a defensive player uh, of the traded year. from Philadelphia. Campaign is like the best backup point guard you can find in the league cam johnson all of a sudden can't miss a shot uh you know they just right on down the line the starting lineup and the bet and the first reserve for each one of the positions is beautifully done will will rob palinka realize that can i get this 47 million dollars and get three guys that yes make that money mcconnell can play you know mcconnell you you said it tom mcconnell brogdon and Turner, right, is almost right at forty-seven million, if not a little over, right. And so you give them two, you give them two picks, and you make them unprotected. They're now you got a LeBron shooter. James. Then you got a center who can shoot. Yep. Hopefully, he stays healthy. And then Brogdon, you pray that he can. What we what we were hoping for the backup point guard, the bigs, whatever he can play that role. The the, the only thing is, <laughs> the only thing is, we are risking. Injury prone players with injury prone players together well, now next Russ, year. Russ, his great availability is almost a almost a negative. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like. But you, you know, you can't get angry next year if they're all injured. <laughs> That's like, why I protect. No, you know, I'm but there is a scenario. Players. There is a scenario that we won't get anybody to bite on any of these deals. I think they'll they want, want a pick for Russ, and we won't give you're, them a pick for you're Russ. You're talking Ball. about, but you're and talking so about what the Lakers will do is they'll decide to waste another year of LeBron's career in order to maximize the last year of his career by having thirty million dollars in cap space for free agents. In you know, in the there's second no choice. Year. There's no choice at this point. You have to you have to make that deal in this. Again, Pritchard hates the Lakers just as much as Pop does, right? right? So the only way this works is if Pritchard values the fact that he's getting rid of massive contracts that are but there, deep. But there are, but there are, there are, there are four or five teams that sort of fall in that same category because the Knicks are in the same situation. All of a sudden, you may find that that they really want to move uh, the four years left on Julius Randle's contract. I wouldn't take that. Wouldn't take that. So Julius Randle is exactly what we don't need. Tempted to take it. We we, we see. The, the, here's the thing. When I'm looking at the Indiana thing, just like you said, Turner is a need, right? At right. center, Brogdon is a need. Someone who actually can shoot, can control mm-hmm. the ball, and, and it's got a team concept. Um, they're big guys too. We want the size, right? And then right. McConnell is a shooter. So you're you're in terms of value and what you need on a LeBron run team. With a 
AD who doesn't want to play the five. Now you have the guy that's playing the five. That's well, you know what? You know where you play AD. You play AD at the three because you don't want LeBron running around chasing the threes. No, and and if if if, if AD is healthy, I'm, I'm okay if, with and that. And AD's dream is to play the three, man. I, I, hey, good. I'm not going to argue that one. If he could, I watch. We watched him. We watched him in 2020 guard guards. He can guard anybody when. He's healthy and engaged. That's why the Indiana deal, you, you give Indiana everything. I think, I think Gerald likes that idea. Yeah, I just saw his eyes go, yeah. I am protecting those deals. I'm protecting those first picks. Round picks. Unprotected completely. No, I would not do that. You give them. No. Because if you get those guys to go with, I mean, just those three players added to LeBron and AD in, in place of Russ is a, is a dramatic difference in the quality of the team. I don't think you'd need to give both up. Maybe one, but at the same time, you have to understand Indiana's getting something out of this too. It's not just simply giving stuff away. Where's where's the Lakers draft pick going to be this year, do you think? I think it's going to be eighth, isn't it, to New Orleans? Yeah, right now it's round round number eight. These are two two unprotected post-LeBron James draft picks. For a team not, that just finished eighth, I would not. I would protect them. I would not unprotect them. I would not unprotect them. That's well, if we and the Lakers have been good drafting, so you're probably right. Lakers have drafted well. I'll do top five protected. Listen, last year, last year, nobody, nobody wanted any of the Lakers players, but everybody wanted the Lakers draft pick. Everybody wanted that 2027 draft pick. Every deal we turned down was because we wouldn't give up that pick. Now we're going to have two of them. And we've reinforced that the pick could have value by making it a lottery pick right now. (laughs) We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, the Lakers do fall and their season is over as far as the chance of getting into a play-in or playoffs. 121 to 110 because of their loss and also as well the Spurs winning in Denver. Denver laying down. Yeah, Denver laying down, which is terrible for them because they're trying to fight for a playoff spot. So, you know, that uh, right there, loss at home for Denver, unfortunately, does the Lakers in for this year. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break along with Laker Tom and Joe Soro. This is Gerald Glassford. Appreciate you watching and listening. Again, big shout out to everyone that's watching on Facebook and YouTube and also everyone that's listening on our podcast. But before we head on out, we will go ahead again for the debate all summer as far as the trades, what you should trade, what you shouldn't trade. That's going to happen and who should run the team. That's going to go on continuously throughout the summer. Yeah, Joe, Joe's already saying he's in to go ahead and run. Oh, I'd love to run thing. this. Oh, yeah, you and I both. You and I both, my friend. But before we head on out, it is winning time on HBO Max. The latest episode did drop, episode five, focused and centered more on the Kareem magic dynamic. 
and also more into the history of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I enjoyed tremendously. I thought overall was the best episode of the series so far, and I think uh, that is really saying something, especially how much people are enjoying it so far. I really think that this shows you, even though it is a dramatized look and it's not Kareem himself, it is a drama. It does give you a little bit closer look at what the the maybe the the like the the reasons why and the reasons you know how. Kareem has evolved as an individual, his change to Muslim, his name change, the thoughts and, and about the fan pushback as far as that's concerned and, and the hate that came from it and the things he had to do to overcome that. I do also want to make sure I go ahead and acknowledge the fact that I got to read more into the whole story of, of Kareem's comments over the weekend. And he did apologize to LeBron because he said he was a little bit too harsh in his comments upon giving the award of social justice for the Kareem award to Carmelo Anthony. I do also want to say that I read more into the comments, both negative and positive as far as LeBron is concerned, what he said. I do think that some of the things that he said were very warranted, uh, but I'll leave it for everybody's interpretation on what I think that is. But I do want to say that Kareem is a vital part of this community as far as what he brings as far as his energy and what he brings his his thoughts out there on society as a whole so kareem was a major part of this episode and i really uh, like the fact that they focused quite a bit on him solomon hughes who's playing the role of kareem did an outstanding job i really got a better insight yeah he was really good i really got a better insight into kareem and, and what he is all about as an individual, especially at that point in time, in, you know, not, not only from the 80s when they were going ahead and starting to go on that role, but also as well beforehand in the flashbacks. So I really appreciated that. And it shows the Lakers 1979-1980 season getting underway and the Lakers getting off to a precarious first game against the San Diego Clippers. I vaguely remember that and the jubilation with Kareem hitting the last shot and Magic hugging him. I also like the fact that they made sure to go ahead and put Jellybean Bryant on the court and also showcase that a one-year-old Kobe Bryant was supposedly in the crowd at that time. Nobody knows for sure if he was there or not. So that's one of the things they kind of tweaked for entertainment purposes. They kind of tweaked a lot of other things in there as well. They also showcased John C. Riley again as Jerry Buss, trying to go ahead and build the image of the Lakers with the Lakers club, trying to finalize that getting the frustrations out there, plus also the frustrations of, as we indicated, the fact that he doesn't even have control of his of the Lakers at that point in time because he had to give up control to his ex-wife in order to avoid bankruptcy, which you'll be hearing more about in the next episode because they gave hints to it already, and his frustrations as far as it's concerned, but also his frustrations boiling over into a melding of what became the showtime with the Laker girls it also shows Paula Abdul becoming the lead choreographer of the Lakers girls. It didn't actually work out like that. She did try out over what I think 700, the article said 700 girls tried out for the Lakers girls. And she, she originally got the position at that time, one of the Lakers girls. So, and then she became uh, the lead choreographer later on. They kind of tweaked it for story purposes. The other thing they kind of tweaked for story purposes was at the very end of the episode was Coach Jack McKinney, after leading the Lakers to a strong start and things looking up for the team, unfortunately having the terrible bike accident, which happened in real life, which caused him brain injuries and things of that nature, where it caused him to actually be eventually be fired and let go by the Lakers. He tried to get back in the league. He, he did coach again in the league, I believe, for Indiana 
only for about three or four years before he was let go there. And then, according to his daughter, succumbed to the injuries of his brain damage uh, around 2018. And so they kind of tweaked it. It was a bike accident, uh, you know, as per true, but they, it was actually him trying to go at a stop sign, trying to brake. The brakes on his son's bike actually had already broken, so he flipped over it. He did this time. It just had him going down the street and braking for no apparent reason, and then it happened, having the accident. So they kind of tweaked that. But overall, again, it was a great episode. I think it is the best of the bunch, especially because of what you see as far as Kareem's finding himself and seeking the Muslim faith in order to do so. But Laker Tom, I'm going to start with you. Winning time episode five for me. I, like I said. This series so far, I've taken them with a grain of salt, the lampooning, the the creative changes that they've made. Uh, some of the performances have been really, really good. Some of the performances have been eh, okay. But this show on this series, this episode, really clicked for me, and I'm looking forward now forward. I'm really, really looking forward to go ahead and seeing it now for the, the rest of the way. What I loved about it is, is the kid that played Kareem Solomon. He was, Sol- yeah, he's actually a PhD. He, just to let was, you know, he was terrific though because absolutely there. If there was anybody on the team who was really hard to hard to envision somebody else portraying and 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 yet really did a terrific job on it, it it's it's Kareem because uh, he's just such an enigma of a person. You can't help but feel that the fact that. LeBron is getting close to breaking his record. That's a record he's very proud of. And it's a whole different era that he made that those those points that he made when there went three pointers and so forth. So, so you like saw, you saw elements of that personality of Kareem's. But not like he was Solomon gonna actually Hughes shoot as many three pointers. He was not gonna actually start shooting. Three. Yeah, but you know, listen, I mean anybody who's anybody who's um played a lot of interracial basketball has run into a lot of guys like Kareem, guys who would not look at you. You, you, you know, you basically, your job was just to pass them the ball. Don't do anything funny, bunny. And, you know, and, and really hard, hard ass guys. And the transition and the explanation of the background of Kareem as to why he might've all of a sudden taken a different look at this young buck who came in here and wanted to play a different way, you know, and to me, the whole point was that, that they showed was beautiful is that Magic said, I'm going to get you baskets in ways you never got them before. And he did that. And that was the big difference of the whole thing. That's how he really sold it. It wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't sell him with an argument. He sold him by getting him the ball, by getting him buckets in ways that he never did before. So that Kareem could obviously see that, hey man, there is something to play in this particular style and we can win doing that. Well, again, it was very impressive as far as the episode is concerned. I really enjoyed it. Had nothing but great things to say about it. Solomon Hughes was terrific in the role. And again, it allows me to appreciate Kareem in a whole different way. I know that we've talked in past weeks about how angry he is, whatnot, but he does mean as far as he does mean well. He his his spirit on what he wants to go ahead and and leave upon this world, I think it should not be undersold i think he he's he's always meant well for this world as far as how we perceive each other and how we react and and deal with each other so we need to go ahead and evaluate it from there as well but 
again, I just cannot say enough good things about the episode, especially coming off some shows that I didn't have, have not have had to see that I've not liked so lately and some, some that I've really enjoyed as well. But Joe, your thoughts on winning time episode five so far, you've had nothing but glowing reviews for the series. How was episode five for you? When he went to the mosque and to see DOC playing the Imam. Yeah. That was, I I thought that was kind of cool. Because I heard the voice, and then I'm like, why does that sound familiar? And then I looked, I'm like, oh, it's DOC. And he did really well. I, I, whomever did the casting, the guy that's playing Kareem, Magic, Michael Cooper, obviously Norm's boy. I mean, you would think these guys were from Juilliard. Yeah, Nor- just, Norm Nixon's I, son's always good there. I mean, yeah. there, the, the, whoever did the casting for this show, and I'll get to John C. Riley in a second because he did some things that, oh, man, I almost thought I was looking in the mirror. I just think whoever did the casting deserves two Emmys for this. I, I'm, I'm amazed at not only the fact that these guys look a lot like who they're portraying, but they have become these people. Forget about the extravagant. And they play basketball. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I, I want to hear more about, I want to hear obviously more about it after the show's over because I don't want to have any spoilers come happen, right? I usually try to avoid any pre or post type stuff because I don't want anything. I want to see the show, then I'll watch that stuff later. But I really want to, I would really like to know who did the casting for this because I, I think they need to get, they, they, they <laughs> massively, pay increase and Emmys and all that, because I'm, I think a lot of it is that. And then John C. Riley playing, playing Jerry Buss. I just, that, that scene when he, he said, why isn't this flush? You know, I have done that not to a bar, but the way he got angry. Hopefully not to a person. No, well, no, 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 not no, not, not like that. You notice um, he hesitated, Tom, when he said that. <laughs> I'll tell you that story after we get off air. There was an incident. <laughs> I didn't hit anybody, but it was okay. loud. But he's like, why isn't this flush? You know, like this, there's no acting there. That was so real. And everything about a good movie or a good TV series is about how are you watching acting or are you watching something that you can't tell if it's real? And that's the part that I've really enjoyed. And of course it's a Laker thing. And 90% of the stuff that I'm watching, it's like I've read the book already. I always like reading the book, then watching the movie. Some people want read the book, then watch the movie or the other way around. I like to know the details. And then obviously you're going to find out more. What Showtime. What they're going to have to leave off on on the show because you can't put uh, a book and a movie typically two hours, three hours. Yeah, the book is Showtime with Jeff Perlman, and I've actually Mm -hmm. gone ahead and plugged it. And you know, the link is is available on that episode I've interviewed with Jeff Perlman at. But yeah, Jeff Perlman's Showtime. He's actually done the media round since my conversation with him, and I'm very happy for his success. And hopefully, that people will start to get interested in that older book of his called Showtime, which is which this series is based off of. The only thing as far as it does border with some of the characters on lampooning them, uh, J- Jason Segel is with Paul Westhead. We know the history of what Paul Westhead has done as a coach. And we know what, what that this is going to lead the accident with Jack McKinney 
what this is going to lead into for his character. I'm hoping they'll build his character a little bit better. And then, of course, Jerry West, you know, he don't see as much Jerry West right now as you did in the earlier episodes. So I'll leave that from there. But for the most part, I think you're right on the cast. Jerry was, Jerry was one of the highlights. The way they lampooned Jerry was one of the highlights of the show. Uh, it was bordering on going a little bit over over nah. the top. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm sorry, but yeah, soft, nah. soft, not soft, soft, not soft. Realistic, realistic. Got to be realistic. Every show, every movie's fake. Okay, it says based on a true story. Based. I know characters been based. changed. Yes, yeah, some of the incidents have been altered. Yes, yes. I always use the same example when you watch the movie Tombstone versus Wyatt Earp. Right, they came out at the same time. Basically, one was more realistic, the other was more Hollywood. Which is more popular, the Hollywood version? Because we say we want the truth, we say we want what really happened. No, we want the entertainment. That's why we're watching this now. For those who haven't followed the Lakers or Jerry West or Magic or Kareem, yeah, they might think, "Oh, wow, I didn't know Jerry West was so mean." No, I didn't think Jerry well, West was so crazy. Is what well, people are going to get. The, didn't, didn't Jerry Buss years ago say that he quit like eight hundred times? This is probably close. It's not. Maybe he didn't throw his. He's MVP the guy who the couldn't window. even stand to watch his own team yeah, play. Every game, I, I know that. But he also <laughs> did. You know the stories. What they show in there, as far as him curling up in a ball, Gar- from, Gary in his underwear. <laughs> okay, that that's a, that, that's taking a little bit of liberties there. That's I think they took that from. I think there's a scene in W, the uh, the George Bush movie with Josh Brolin. Pat Riley with the, the same that you well, love so much. Okay, how about how about Chick Hearn? No one's talking about Chick Hearn and how they're portraying him. A lot of people are no. There is a lot of talk on Chick no, Hearn. But there Chick, is a lot Chick of talk. Was on Chick, Hearn. Chick was known to have a mean side. I knew Chick Hearn. I knew Chick Hearn was mean. Yeah. When I used to listen to him on Laker Live. Yeah, I know he mentioned well, every, so wow. often, every so often will, in the broadcast, somebody do something no, wrong to Chick. I, I will man, say, no, Chick Tom, would not stand for it. <laughs> Tom, Joe, there is a lot of, in, in the LA market right now, and I actually read a, a couple articles on this in the past couple of days, there is a lot of blowback on the portrayal of Chick Hearn as far as some of the words and things he has said as far as uh, Call Pat Patricia. Uh, and well, ra- racist and homophobic statements. Let's not go into it because I don't want to get us canceled. So we That's need enough, all the That's yeah. We didn't Look say it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I don't want to go that route. No, so again, I, again, I, I want to make sure everybody's oh, yeah. welcome and listening to our show. So yes, please, please. I want to make sure and let everybody know that we do support any kind of comments or anything at all in regards to the series. We'd love to hear your thoughts on one time episode five. Hopefully it'll get renewed for a second season. I am now fully engaged and entertained after this wonderful episode focusing on Kareem and especially Kareem and Magic Dynamic where they were fighting in the episode, then loving each other at the end of the episode, seeing how the Lakers were going to go ahead on a run that we all know ended up in the championship. So we want to hear your thoughts at Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, do you want to acknowledge the tears by Jay John Sarceda? Good to have you watching us, my friend. Glad to have you back. Unfortunately, it's under bad circumstances as the Lakers did unfortunately lose 121 to 110 and are officially out of the play-in and playoffs. But we will be back. We're not officially gone. We will be back on Thursday night as the Lakers go to Golden State at 7 p.m. on TNT. And we'll be back after the game. But before we head on out, I just want a quick answer from you guys. 
Does LeBron play? I think they're going to go ahead and shelve AD for the rest of the season. But does LeBron play the necessary two games he needs to win the scoring title? Joe, he's thinking. I would. What else? I would too. I would. He's already he's already getting enough criticism as is. So why not? If Just I'm LeBron at this point, and again that this is the passive aggressiveness is 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 hurting him. He should just come out and go, look, you guys are going to hate me either way, so I'm just going to do what I do. Yeah. And, and just say it at least. Just say it. Even if you say dumb things later, it's okay. You already made your mark. You put your foot down. Look, you guys, you know, if I come play, I'm trying to win a scoring title. If I don't play, I quit. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to play then. It's, it's it, again, I like to use analogies. I always, I, I, you know, let's say question back in high school when they said, would you wrestle a girl, Right. Or not. Well, you don't win either way if you wrestle a girl. No, you win if you beat her. So you might as well pick one. This is the same situation. You don't win either way? Well, then go with the the one where you win. Win the scoring title. Put that on your mantle. They're going to criticize you one way or the other. There will be a second. At first in, what, 14 or 15 years? Yeah, he won in 08. Yeah. That was his last one. And I I think he should go after it. And more, more, more than that is I think it would piss off. I'm sorry. I think it would get... And beat angry, and that that would make me happy. <laughs> there you go, there you go, indeed. Laker Tom, I think that LeBron should play. Like Joe says, he's going to get criticized. Anyway. He's already getting roasted over the coals. Well, and he, he's definitely going to play. The only question is, is which two games? I just play the Thursday. He, and Friday he loves game. playing against the Warriors, but they're a better defensive team. And OKC, and then Denver without Jokic, and you know the Lakers players. The one thing we can do for the last two games of the year is. We can pass the ball to LeBron every time and let him shoot every shot. I would just play the so Thursday. I would do that. I'd go then. for it. I'd, I'd sit him out. I'd sit him out on Thursday so, because we don't want to have him do back-to-back on Friday. And I'd rather have him feast on OKC and then Denver in the game that doesn't count. I would just do it Thursday, Friday, and be done with it. Just, no, you don't want to put him back-to-back. You go out there and tear an Achilles. He's rested for an like entire that. week. And guys will have to be. We'll have to have half the medical staff. That, that is a good I point. Know. What if he tears something up? That would be disastrous. <laughs> that would end the Lakers season. Oh, man, a torn Achilles. Be... Well, you know, this season this season is operating under some kind of a curse, Joe. You, you and I both agree on that. Beyond. I mean, <laughs> how can a LeBron James have this record, 31 and 48 or whatever the hell a record is? And it is? took him 19 years. To play with someone you couldn't play with, the guy played with um, everyone. He played with Kyrie Irving for God's for God's sake, and he won a title with him. Who who would have ever thought this would happen? I didn't think so. I, that's and, why. And honestly, the when you look at the talent of the players on the school on on this team, and then you look at all of the injuries and everything else, it still doesn't add up to be that that we should be this bad. There's something else going on. I mean, it's like, it's like something that you can't, you can't yeah, explain. I, I, I want to know. I really want to know. You know. What is it? What it, happened? It, I, you remember, remember in 2011, what happened towards the end there with, with Shannon Brown and mm-hmm. Al Gasol, there was some extracurricular activities going on behind the scenes. Well, you, you at least heard something. Anybody there. who's been on a team can understand how the chemistry can all of a sudden become toxic. I mean, for, for guys that are this, uh, I guess, incapable of running a team, they sure know how to keep secrets pretty well. I don't know what's going on here. What happened? 
That's for sure. The team is now 31 and 48. They did lose tonight. They're officially out of playing and the playoffs, but we'll be back to speculate on the fallout because I'm sure in the coming days and weeks, we'll hear much about the fallout of the Los Angeles Lakers, but we'll definitely be back on Thursday. We'll see if LeBron plays. We'll see if he doesn't. We'll see what's going on there. He's going to sit on Thursday or Friday, one or the other. He may go against the Warriors. If he skips the Warriors for the Thunder, he's going to hear from that from all the LeBron haters. We'll see what happens indeed. But again, check us out on Thursday night after the Warriors game. Want to thank you so much for watching and listening. One final shout out to the tremendous people on YouTube. Joe and I are trying to do the best we can to go ahead and answer your comments as best we can on Lakers Fast Break and YouTube. You've been tremendous in your response and we truly appreciate it. Tell a friend about us, Lakers Fast Break. Go ahead. We need all the support we can. We need all the love we can because the Lakers are officially out of the plan and the playoffs, but we'll still be here on Thursday night right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.